FM Ann Arbor. Stay tuned for next week and go blue. WCBN, student-run radio voice of the University of Michigan, licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan to serve in the public interest of the people of the state of Michigan. For when the famous explorer Filter Antoine LaRue wandered into the swamps that were to become Ann Arbor, he had but one goal in mind, a radio station that would rise above all others, reach to the heavens and enlighten mankind forever. So if you're loyal to Michigan, tune us in. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 in Michigan. London, June 1897. It's the day before Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee and her son, the Playboy Prince of Wales, arrives at 221B Baker Street, pursued by anarchist assassins. Coincidentally, the greatest chef in the world, Auguste Escoffier, also arrives at 221B, his career about to be shattered by blackmail and scandal. Can Holmes, Watson, and Irene Adler save the life of the heir to the British crown and the reputation of the master chef? And can they unmask the criminal genius behind both of these sinister conspiracies? This action-filled tale of royal debauchery, priceless gems, and gourmet food will provide Dr. Watson with the material for Sherlock Holmes' most bizarre and tastiest case. This production contains adult content, it says here. We're talking about 
the Purple Rose Theater Company presenting Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Fallen Souffle. It's a world premiere by David McGregor, directed by Michelle Mountain, opening this evening, September 19th, running through winter solstice, December 21st, 2019. Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Fallen Souffle over there in Chelsea, Purple Rose Theater Company. This is our wolf filling in for Mike Perini, who's did exactly what he's supposed to do. He's given me plenty of exciting and important and mildly relevant things to tell you about while I misbehave with your brain with all this music and stuff on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Marshall Salal, by the way. Isn't he nice? This is music from the soundtrack of Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless. This is the scene where Jane Seberg is out selling papers, you know, with her little haircut out on the boulevard. New York Herald Tribune. New York Herald Tribune. Come on, buy a paper from her. Look how cute she is. That little butch haircut of hers.
That is rather satisfying, isn't it? The man responsible for the soundtrack from Jean-Luc Godard's A Bout de Souffle, we know it is breathless over here, uh, Marshall Salal, that's M-A-R-T-I-A-L, last name S-O-L-A-L. He's a pianist, band leader, brilliant, brilliant artist. And I personally recommend anything this guy ever did to you if you're interested in such things. My name's R. Wolf. I'm filling in for Mike Perini on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. At 7 o'clock, we'll commence with the normal, I guess, normal? Um, the regular issue, predictably unpredictable, Face the Music show from 7 to 8. And we'll be giving you the fourth program coordinated with the numeral 9, celebrating the end of 2019. And I think you'll like this one. i got some, some good protein stuff lined up for you. But speaking of protein, I think it's important that we give you an up-to-date news flash from Alaska. And this is another item that was sent along by Mike Perini. He's so observant. He's downright omniscient when it comes to uh, things that are fun to read over the radio. So here we are. All right, this will improve your posture, I guarantee. Soldotna, Alaska. This is a, an AP news report. I'm not making this up. A pastor wearing a spaghetti strainer on his head delivered the opening invocation at the Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly meeting this Tuesday. The invocation by the pastor of the Homer Congregation of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is the second non-traditional invocation before the assembly since a court ruling. Kenai radio station KSRM reports the pastor, Barrett Fletcher, 
invoked the true inebriated creator of the universe to rouse himself and use his noodly appendages, quote-unquote, to ground each assembly member in their seats. In June, a member of the Satanic Temple opened the assembly meeting, prompting a walkout and protest. Context for all this, the Alaska Supreme Court last October ruled the borough's policy of limiting invocations at the board meetings to those from official organizations with an established presence on the peninsula was unconstitutional. So that's how we got to hear about the um, flying spaghetti monster cult, I guess, I'm not or church, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Thank you, Mike Perini. I couldn't have read that unless you had sent it to me, because I probably would never have encountered it. And Mike, you know, Mike is works in in uh, broadcasting on on many levels, and he's uh, he's actually uh, paying attention to these news feeds, waiting for things to appear that would work well on Pandora's lunchbox, which is this program. Pandora's lunchbox is a show about food and culture and not taking anything too, too, too seriously. Although once in a while, we do drive a few nails home. But uh, I think at, at this point, this is something I very much want to dedicate to Mike. He's uh, such a great guy, and it's such a pleasure to know him and work with him over all these years. This is a uh, a piece that's only about 90 seconds long. It's from a, a collection of computer addled works by Charles Dodge, one of the great pioneers of messing about with a computer with sound. The album is called Any Resemblance is Purely Coincidental. And this is a, uh, this piece is called A Man Sitting in the Cafeteria. I believe the voice, which has been seriously messed with by the computer, and by Mr. Dodge himself. I think the voice is actually the voice of Charles Dodge here. But listen carefully and imagine uh, a guy sitting in a cafeteria. Got me? A man, 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 man. Man, a man, 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 which was fake.
Thank you, Charles Dodge. It's only fair for me to to actually read you the text that he was mincing out with his computer-altered voice. A man sitting in the cafeteria had one enormous ear and one tiny one. Which was fake? These are... Let's get over here in the light to read this fine print texts. In this group of speech songs from the Sargentville Notebook by Mark Strand, Burning Deck Press, Providence, Rhode Island. Got that? The album is Any Resemblance is Purely Coincidental. Works by Charles Dodge on New Albion Records. Oh, my goodness. Isn't life peculiar? Here is a musical commentary on the fact that Mike, pretty much every time he does this show, and I try and rise to the occasion and do something similar, only entirely different, uh, we both tend to give you what could probably best be described as a smorgasbord. Like this.
That was Duke Ellington and his famous orchestra recorded in 1939. That was called Smorgasbord and Schnapps. So I thought it'd be nice to briefly talk about Smorgasbord and uh, maybe go into the etymology a little bit as well. Smorgasbord is a type of Scandinavian meal originating in Sweden, served buffet-style with multiple hot and cold dishes of various foods on a table. Smorgasbord became internationally known at the 1939 New York World's Fair when it was offered at the Swedish Pavilion's Three Crowns Restaurant. It is typically a celebratory meal, and guests can help themselves from a range of dishes laid out for their choice. In a restaurant, the term refers to a buffet-style table laid out with many small dishes from which, for a fixed amount of money, one is allowed to choose as many as one wishes. In Pennsylvania, specifically, uh, smorgasbords are popular Pennsylvania Dutch-style buffets that are often associated with Amish-made meals. Let's get down to the etymology. In Northern Europe, the term varies between cold table and buffet. In Norway, it's called kultbord or kaltbord, and in Denmark, det koldebord, literally the cold table. In Germany, kaltes buffet, literally cold buffet. In the Netherlands, kud buffet, cold buffet. In Iceland, it is called, oh, I'm not real good at Icelandic here, but hlauboro, I guess, farmyard or courtyard table. In Estonia, they call it the kumlaud, or cold table, or rutsilaud, Swedish table. In Latvia, auksteis galts, the cold table. I know I'm massacring some of these pronunciations. In Finland, voile papoita, butter bread sandwich table, or rot salainan, sesova poita. Swedish standing table or buffet. In Eastern Europe, as you can tell, East language has a term that literally means Swedish table. <laughs> uh, in Japan, it's referred to as Vikingu uh, or Vikingu, i.e. Viking. They just call it a Viking. The Swedish word smorgasbord consists of the word smorgas, sandwich, usually open-faced, and board, table. Smorgas, in turn, consists of the word smor, butter, cognate with English smear, and gas. Gas literally means goose, but later referred to the small pieces of butter that formed and floated to the surface of cream while it was churned. And when you're churning butter, you'd say, hey, look at that goose coming up out of the butter. These pieces reminded the old Swedish peasants of fat geese swimming to the surface. See what I mean? The small butter pieces were just the right size to be placed and flattened out on bread, so smorgas came to mean buttered bread. Uh, in Sweden, the term at breda smorgasar, to spread butter on open-faced sandwiches, has been used since at least the 16th century. <laughs> I'm glad we can pin that down. Um, in English and also in Scandinavian languages, the word smorgasbord refers loosely to any buffet with a variety of dishes, uh, not necessarily with any connection to Swedish Christmas traditions. In an extended sense, the word is used to refer to any situation which invites Patrons to select whatever they wish among lots of pleasant things, such as the smorgasbord of university courses. I hope they're all pleasant. Books in a bookstore. Uh, I don't know. Controlled substances. <laughs> That's up to you. 
<clears throat> this is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. We're about five minutes in front of seven. My name's Arwolf, covering for Mike. I hope you like this. I have found another, uh, a, the perfect bookend piece, as it were, to the Smorgasbord and Schnapps by Duke Ellington from na- 1939 that preceded my blathering here. And that is something from the same year, 1939, the same ensemble, Duke Ellington and his famous orchestra, This is called Serenade to Sweden because, you know, right before the outbreak of World War II, the Ellington Band went to France. They went to Sweden. Everybody loved them. They did not stop in uh, Germany because Germany at that time was packed with fascists who didn't want any uh, people of color there. So (laughs) Coleman Hawkins and Fats Waller and Duke Ellington had that in common. They all said, fine, we'll just stay away. Bite it.
an attractive little serenade, isn't it? Serenade to Sweden from Duke Ellington and his famous orchestra. Very nice. It's uh, 76 degrees right now by our reckoning, and uh, we'll have a overnight low around 59. It's supposed to be warmer tomorrow. Uh, partly to mostly cloudy tomorrow, a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. Tomorrow's high around 84. 76 right now, and kind of comfortable. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We exist to subvert the dominant paradigm and maybe to help you to fight your way out of all of the um, incrustation of indoctrination and, uh, well, to help you to deprogram yourself, you know? Now more than ever, I think it's really important that we have alternative media. And fortunately, the University of Michigan still permits students to run their own radio station, which is largely based upon these principles. The educational mission here is really uh, tied back to, leads right back to early 1970s alternative educational experimentation in this city. And that took root here, and there's been a lot of different things that have happened at CBN over the years, but we still stand for, um, well, as somebody on the Funkadelic record once said, freeing your mind so your ass will follow, okay? That's what we're doing. With this in mind, I'd like to give you Face the Music, your weekly history lesson, a core sample, and this core sample uh, constituting the fourth program coordinated with the numeral nine, observing the closing weeks of 2019. On the very first day of Blue Note Records, very first day that they started making records for the Blue Note label. Alfred, Alfred Lyon was responsible for this. January 6, 1939, the first four records to get issued on this label was a four-part investigation of the blues. And so this is the blues part four. I've been giving you a dose each week. The blues part four, Mead Lux Lewis at the piano. <laughs> 